This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic. And then we research and splice in all the mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. This week, Greg and Mitch chat about the time they went vegan, and let's just say it didn't go as planned. Then, instead of a debate, Greg and Mitch are taking a deeper dive into the merits and obstacles involved in skipping meat. Side Notes today will be presented by myself, Rachel. Let's start the show. Hi. Hello, Mitchell. My mind is empty right now. That's been, kind of. I've been meditating. I was I, about to be like, that could be beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been going to meditation a class. It's at a Zen Buddhist temple. And okay, wow. I feel Millennial. like I've learned a lot. Yeah, no, no. I know it seems cheesy, but. And no. It, I, <clears throat> I felt like once I got there at first, I was like, you know how you have to like get past that cringiness of like doing something new that you feel uncomfortable doing? Especially meditation, there's like a bit of a like, you know. But there wasn't there. Like, it, it's not like new age. It's like an older Korean woman who's like so kind and nice. And it's not like, it's not actually cheesy, but I just- As opposed to what, like a white person? Not just a white person, but just like, I, I feel like there's well, a lot of new age. you made a point to age. say that. No, because she actually has been practicing her whole life and it's not like a new age And Buddhism is actually a very popular religion in Korea, right? Yeah, As opposed so. to yeah. maybe like other parts of the world. For sure. And I think Zen Buddhism or Zen meditation is like a very specific style of meditation. So I, I used to I, meditate in high school, but I would just like shut my eyes, listen to radio kid and put a fountain on and I'm like do you think that count did or no? I think so I think meditation can be what you want it to be but what I've learned in this case is it is kind of just like freeing your mind of all the like thoughts and crazy things that come in just yeah. like and I, and I do believe more and more like I read that book on flow and we talked about it on the podcast like when you're in that flow state you you are meditating like you've blocked all like if you're painting or if I'm playing music yeah. you kind of you stop thinking about things you're thinking about the music you're a little more actively involved than you would be as a meditator but you're kind of reaching that similar state with the help of an activity. Wow, your empty brain. So beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, what did we learn this week? So this week I had a personal learning, like uh, perhaps one of my biggest life lessons I've come to know. Whoa. Uh, kind of come this together. This is happening all around me and I don't even know. Have we? <laughs> I guess I keep you everything. Had one of the biggest... Everything's a secret for the podcast now, Greg. It has to be... You actually are second to find out. You had one of the biggest life lessons ever? Well, it's... And you're telling me here on this podcast? Yes. Um, I wow. think it's it's not like so, so profound. And I'm sure a lot of people... I, I've thought of this in my life, but I feel like I, I came to terms with it more recently. I've talked to you a lot about recently how I, in a, a certain different podcasts and listening to sort of... I don't want to call them inspirational speakers, but people who talk about that kind of yeah. stuff. Like who? Realizing that, um, well, all different categories of artists, people who are in entrepreneurs and business, yeah. talking about this idea of like playing the long game, like not uh, looking for instant gratification and things, yeah. but understanding that like good work requires a lot, a lot of time. Yeah. So that's what this okay. is related to. So what okay. I realized is that. So uh, over the last maybe, I don't know, half a year, I started working with a personal trainer because I was having a lot of back issues. Um, He's getting jacked. That <laughs> butt's getting bigger. I don't know if those undies fit anymore. They do. It's not that much bigger. Because but they're stretchy material. so nice of you to say. Um, so what I've realized with exercise, and I, I've like really never worked out my whole life. When I was younger, I played sports. but Whoa, jock. Yeah, I was a really big jock when I was younger, but then I kind of fell off. Now I'm like in the gym with the bros. But 
I feel like I've started to realize that as you start learning a skill, you're actually not everything is available to you right away. And so I'll explain it like this. Like when I first started working out, sometimes we would be doing an exercise and they'd be saying, like, think of this muscle on your back and they'd point to something in my back. And that's what you're kind of working out in that moment. But I would be like, I literally cannot feel or control that muscle. I have no idea how to do it. But then over time, like suddenly one day after I've been doing it for a month, then I'd be like, oh, my God, I literally have full control. Like I there's muscles in my back now that I can think about, like relaxing my shoulders when I'm at work, when I'm not exercising. So they didn't even like that are activated. before. Yeah. In my mind, it was like the neurons weren't strong enough for me to consciously do that. Okay. But over time, I've developed it. And I feel like this is like a really good observation in life that. When you start new things, you just cannot have access to all of the benefits from it or all of the skills you'll achieve from that. So, like, as you work out, you start to really learn about your body. You start to unlock things that you can't have at the very beginning. So, literally, like, like building muscles. Building muscles, but long-term, like, even meditation. I feel like when I first started, I was a little bit like, I don't know if I get this. It's a little bit weird. I'm not, like, getting a lot out of it. But I think the longer you go, you start to, like, get more from it because you have actually practiced more and more and you go deeper and deeper. And then I think that just applies to, like, all of life. Like, the longer term you are involved in something, I mean, this is obvious when it comes to skills, like the longer you practice something, the better you get. But just recently it clicked for me that the longer you do something, it literally, like your experience with it becomes so much more deep and rich. And I think it's you the reason like why- You sound like totally fully formed right now and I feel really insecure. <laughs> no, but you, like, know, what? you probably have this skill in art, for example, or you listen to so much music or I think about what? like- What? Listen people... to music? What does that mean? I'm because good at listening to music? Y- well, your yours are probably so much more attuned in a way that like what? a chef's taste buds like can appreciate things that I literally cannot okay, taste. Yours is about getting jacked, meditating, and a chef's about <laughs> chefs. And right now, all you can say is that I'm good at listening to music. No, and I said art. I haven't done art in so long. Yeah, I feel but so you, insecure as right an now. artist who has gone through that, probably like, and I mean, we probably are. There's probably a lot of aspects of our job. I'm at ASAP freaking Science. out. I need to paint more. Oh my god. Well, no. <laughs> I'm not trying to make this make you feel insecure. All I mean is anyone can unlock these things and you just have to know you have to put, time, put in. time in. And sometimes in at the it. beginning, you're like, I don't understand why other people get out of this. But over time, you start to really appreciate. And I think, yeah, as another example, I just said a chef, like sometimes you're like, okay, but this food tastes good. And then Gordon Ramsay's like, this literally tastes like crap. And you're like, but I like it. But he's like, has literally developed yeah. tastes that we don't, experience in our mouth because he spent so much time he's a connoisseur yeah i guess that's what a connoisseur is yeah. right somebody ultimately i know i've been rambling i'll end it by saying like in my life i'm trying to look longer term now not only because i'm older and i feel like everything's flying by so much faster but it makes me feel better to know like hey like five years is actually a short period of time make goals that are 10 years away because you like, sound like you're on crack i love <laughs> it but i'm just like you sound so happy and so good and no in like a good way like i'm so jealous of you right now I'm like i want what you're having like i'm so envious okay okay because i get what you're saying like you're saying something and it's like oh my god i just like want your energy like what'd you have for breakfast oh you have your new lean fit breakfast oh my god you're jacked well i just you're yeah, i feel like youtube has put us in the mindset of everything being immediate Every yeah. week, put out something you you never really commit to long term stuff, and so this has started to help me move away from that mentality of like, hey, you don't have to have something perfect come out every week. Start thinking of things that can take you years to yeah. make and aim for the year goal. Same with like exercise. People want that diet pill that fixes it right away. Just accept long term will give you such a different appreciation. Oh my god. Okay. Well, what I learned this week was about. <laughs> <laughs> the warming of the oceans. <laughs> That's cool too, Greg. Like I'm not trying to. I take know, but I'm just like I'm so. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, so are we talking about mine? Yeah. Oh, oh man, like literally, like blown away. I'm like, I guess I need to do more things. I need to do more things. That's so not what that means at all, you, Greg. You do so many things. Think of comedy. You probably appreciate Ew, com- comedy, <laughs> but that's true. You probably think about the nuance of comedy in such a like, way that not I can't really. Even I'm just like, oh, that's funny. That's I guess I do, but I'm like, I have not had this like awakening that you've had. I'm like, comedy like is literally like giving me so much stress. I'm like, why am I even doing this? Like, should I quit? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, you learned about the ocean. Yeah. What did you learn yeah, about like, them? I'm like, ew, now I'm thinking about comedy. I'm like, comedy is, makes me want to barf in uh, many ways. It's, um, 
I wish it was art. Tell is it art? Oh, tell me what you freaking yeah. learned. Oh my god, folk <laughs> on like mental like. It's like we crisis. end the podcast here. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is about vegans. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, okay. Speaking of the <laughs> end of the world <laughs> crises in general. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you today about what I learned this week in the realm of science, which is something called the blob. Okay, the blob. based on the, the movie. Blob. The blob. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Celine Dion saying the car for those of you over there who. But like, also as a reference, I thought to liar, liar, liar. when Jim Carrey does the claw. Yeah, oh, no. isn't it like the other guy tries to mimic him and it's bad anyway? But I think that's what Celine Dion was doing. Right. Wow, Celine loves liar, liar. Celine Dion <laughs> is speaking of comedy. She's a comedic genius. genius. Okay, so in late 2013, there was this huge. Uh, patch of the Pacific Ocean that got extremely warm. It was like this one third the size of America and it got way hotter than it had to do with like the details are very specific. A lot okay. of like things like coming together like El Nino, and... pressure, okay. whatever, but climate change in the end was okay. a big contributor. Okay. And so what happened is it killed so many phyto- phytoplankton which then killed so many of something called copepods or like copepods. Like, I don't know. I didn't look up the pronunciation. <laughs> but they were like, they're like little crustaceans that so many fish eat. Okay. Then all those so small fish that, died. Yeah. Then oh the bigger God. fish died. And then whales died. Seabirds died. <gasps> and essentially, they think now 100 million cod died because oh of this warming of the ocean. Uh, in what period of time did they recognize Well, this? they think that this year is going to be the lowest cod numbers ever so it still has an okay, impact because like, that year all the cod that should have grown wow, in that year had nothing right. to eat so then they like died a year later but last year like as of last year i think actually 2016 100 million cod died from this <gasps> blob and the point that i want to say and that people should think about is that we think about like heat waves a lot like on earth like mm-hmm. on on land literally land sorry yeah, i guess we're always on, <laughs> on waters on earth, earth. <laughs> on land but these are ocean heat waves marine heat waves and they are going to continue to happen as climate change and as we burn fossil fuels and as we move into the future the increase in heat waves on land are going to happen but also in the water and the drastic impact of killing those small phytoplankton obviously when we learn about the food chain it goes up ending with whales mm-hmm. they think a lot of the whales died because there's an algae like a toxic algae boost that happens when these things happen and this year, only 99 humpback whales returned to the glacial bay in Alaska, which was down like 45% from before Aww. with only one calf. And they think it's still an impact of the blob. So anyways, I just it's one of those things that I think we think a lot about like humans and where we right. live and on land. But then it's like, OK, yeah, obviously, that's the, so true. We should think about heat waves. We think about stuff that is like directly impacting us. But and here are just some stats to end on. You created a crisis for me and that you seem so good and you're like doing all these things <laughs> in your life. And this is just a crisis for everyone. I'm the okay. downer of the group. <laughs> so into the year 2000, 25% of the oceans were experiencing no warming, and only 1% of the ocean had what was just what is referred to as extreme warming. Okay. But in 2016, the results just came in, and only only 5% of the oceans have no warming right now, and, twen- and 12% of the oceans have extreme warming. So these blobs Ooh. and this the impact that we're going to see as the phytoplankton die, as the algal boosts happen, are going to be drastic. 100 million cod are dead. I'm like, how do I lift this up at the end? You can't. No, that's important not to. We don't need to lift it up because it's just something. It's going to impact humans. Like, if there's not enough cod to eat, we're going to notice. And I just we're keep reading these science magazines, like, week after week, and it's just so much stuff about climate change. And I'm just like, I know we talk about it a lot. But, I mean, it's just on my mind all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think it leads into what we're talking about today, being vegan and how do we move forward mm-hmm. in the world and there's lots of other like exciting things I read about like there's right. this new like advancements and in- yeah there's a really cool thing that's happening now where they're actually just like trapping CO2 from the air in these machines and then using that CO2 that they trap to then that's what they'll put in Coca-Cola to cause like fizziness Oh. Like, because you need carbonation and yeah, CO2 yeah. does it. So, like, in order to actually make an impact, you need to, like, bottle the things that we need and, like, sell it. So, they're like, is there literally a market for uh, carbonation that we can be like, okay, Coca-Cola, you uh, probably want to make your thing green. Use CO2 from the air. Oh, my God. Get, that's yeah. crazy. That's so kind of like, cool. Right? Those, There's, but, like, some hope. And when you read about it, you're like, okay, well, this is, like, an like, economic thing. Is it? Too little. Too little. Too little. Too little. Too Jojo didn't know, but she made a climate change anthem. It's too little, too late. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. All right. So today is all about going vegan and whether or not you should do it, whether we should do it, whether everyone should do it. 
Uh, we have some personal stories because we did at one point try to go vegan. And Greg, do you want to tell your story first? Sure. So when did we go vegan? Two years ago? Literally two years ago in the winter. Yeah, I think right. It was, it was like ago. this time two years ago. Mm-hmm. We decided to do it for something on ASAP Science, and we had just gotten home from a trip to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Beautiful trip, beautiful trip. Yeah, it was really nice. Really, I mean, just a biodiverse country in many ways. <laughs> just absolutely stunning. Lots of people go there for good reason. Very safe. Yeah, we hiked. We got a bunch of ticks, which I never happened, but they promised us that they did not carry Lyme disease. They there. don't. There's apparently not. Thank goodness. We were picking ticks like off each other ticks on my and body. eating them like, like no, fruit chimpanzees. We did Right. Protein. Protein. Okay, we're talking about going vegan. Okay. We should be eating insects. Okay, so, yeah, I start going vegan, and I'm like, wow, okay, this is really hard. I'm extremely <laughs> nauseous. I am so hungry I all the time. I remember we both kind of felt fatigued at first, right? For about two days, you're high, kind of the way you felt earlier. Like right. This, like, new, it's like you have, like, this new life epiphany. You're like, I'm vegan now. Yeah. You have tons of energy. You're like, Ugh. Actually, I'm ve- you're telling all your friends. Mm-hmm. You're you know every topic of conversation is becoming the fact that you're in fact <laughs> vegan, and yeah, definitely that wears off quite quick. I remember feeling so fatigued, so sick, not coming into work. I'm not going to get into the messy details, <laughs> but the toilet needed to be cleaned quite a bit more often, oh which was God. a weird situation. Which probably I was doing. What? <laughs> Cleaning it. Oh my god, I thought you were really having diarrhea. I was like, okay, interesting. I no. didn't know that you were. Yeah, but. there was a point where I was like, wow, this vegan diet is really not agreeing with you. Like, yeah. I was not feeling great, but I was not like, yeah, so dying. I was like, I would go from starving to then like nauseous. I remember my parents making me this like delicious vegan meal because we were like going to their place for dinner and I was like putting it in my mouth, kind of like bridesmaids with like the nut, like sweating, <laughs> like, I'm going to throw up. Like, why? Like, I swear it's good. Am I so, like, and, and people are trying to be like, how's it going vegan? I'm like, it's actually like killing me. Like, it's just so weird. I did not expect I'm so embarrassed then I start to sort of walk into rooms and people are like Greg are you okay you literally look so thin Mm -hmm. you look so sick you look honestly like you need to stop being (laughs) vegan for your own health I'm like I feel so awful like the vlogs because we were filming it about going vegan are just me being like I like I could never do like I'm I'm dying (laughs) I go to the doctor I I'm actually really mad that ha- I'm happy that I was proactive about this doctor's appointment because it wasn't my real doctor. It was like someone else. And there was a graph like I'd gone a couple times. I felt so sick of me being weighed. And then she kind of pulled up the graph on the computer and it was like a stark like decline of my mm. weight. Like I had lost about 15 pounds in two weeks. And That's just looking at the graph, insane. I was like, oh, my like God, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And she was kind of like, well, you know, we could wait another two weeks. I was like, I don't know. Like that graph <laughs> looks like 30. Pounds. Yeah. Like and I think she was like a uh, temp. Doc. I don't know. It was just like funny that I was like, can I like just like test this right. more? <laughs> so she was like, yeah, OK, here. Because so what at this point you're like, what if this has nothing to do with being vegan? Or I don't know. I was Test, like, you're just like, we need to figure out if something's wrong. Yeah, I kind of was like, okay, this is when it started to click for me. I was just in Costa Rica. What's going on? Do a fecal sample. Turns out I have Giardia lambia, a parasite, <laughs> from when we were in Costa Rica. Being vegan is not the reason for any of these symptoms. No, but I. Have, if you have these symptoms after you go vegan, yeah, like go the para- to the doctor. Yeah, the parasite was essentially just eating vegan food mm-hmm. out of me. Mm-hmm. I lost so much weight. So I then got an antibiotic for my gut, killed off this like little Giardia lambia parasite, a very popular one. It was, you know, yeah, it's yeah. the a go-to lot, parasite. Yeah, it is. It's like classic, classic. Everybody knows her. Everybody loves her. <laughs> yeah, no, we moved on. And it's actually, but so gross. It's from consuming feces. It's literally oh, from. But that's so weird because we, what we think it is from is that when we were in Costa Rica, we went on like a three-day trek. Like it was a really long hike. Eight yeah, some would say hike, but I'd say it was a trek. It was a trek. More of a trek sure. than a hike. Eight hours a day is a trek. So at one point there was a little waterfall and our guide was like very rustic. Very much like, oh yeah, just put, the water's safe. Just like put we were, your water bottle in the water and uh, you'll drink that. But it was like so frustrating because the whole time I was being so careful. But at this point it was like the end of the trek. And it was just like, the, it was just this perfect Thirsty. little thing. And he was very <laughs> confident. Uh, confident. Likewise with the ticks. And now I'm like, do I trust that those ticks haven't given me a lifelong debilitating problem? Oh my God, Lyme disease. Call Avril Lavigne. We might have, we, we would know by now. I'm pretty, actually, no, can lay dormant. Anyways, <laughs> but... I don't know. He was so convincing. And it was the only time I drank from a stream in a rainforest. But I did, too. We shared the same water yeah. bottles. That's why. I... No, we didn't share the same water bottles, but we shared the same stream. So I think I just uh... got a bit of poo in my stream. But or it could have been anything else. But that's right. just what I clock it up to because I just remember that moment of the dipping my water bottle moment. into this 
stream and being like, well, this is the one thing they tell you not to do and chugging it back on the last like hundred meters of my trek. I could have just waited to get back. I'm so <laughs> mad if that is the reason. I also, okay, I don't want to get too gross. Some people might get grossed out by this, but I'm no. also like laughing so hard at like how you captured a fecal sample. What do you mean? Like, how do you do that? Well, it would be runoff <laughs> from the feces of like the beautiful diverse biodiversity Sorry. we were looking at. No, 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 at. no. I mean, when you had to submit a fecal sample of your oh. own. I remember you being like, didn't you have to like store poo in our fridge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, people have done that before. I know that that's quite normal. But I know, but I mean, especially when it's diarrhea, I imagine it's harder. Well, okay. Okay, we are not. Okay, Soft. you're literally bringing up the one thing I was like, let's not bring okay, up. Okay, it's but too I gross. got. <laughs> You, you know what you use, and they suggest, and they, they give you this little contraption. I'm sorry. But they don't use it, but they suggest a paper plate. So I'm going to Okay. The little guy that caused Greg so much trouble, Giardia lamblia, is a flagellated parasitic microorganism. Flagellated just means a cell or organism with a whip-like appendage just whipping all around. Parasitic, meaning an organism that lives on or in another animal. Think of a tick feasting on the blood of your dog, or a frenemy who keeps leeching your emotional energy. You know, a parasite. And of course, microorganism means small. Too small to see with the naked eye. So let's look at the life cycle of Giardia lamblia. The circle of life, if you will. When Greg took a swig of water from the river, it was likely contaminated by untreated sewage. Ew. And it contained Giardia in a dormant cyst phase, because only the cyst phase can survive outside the body of a host. But once they were inside Greg, they started to wake up and emerge in an active state. From there, they made their base camp in his small intestine, where they began to feast. This is why Greg lost a bunch of weight, because the Giardia are eating the nutrients that are supposed to be fueling his body. To make matters worse, they start growing their army by undergoing binary fission, which is essentially the Giardia just splitting in half and begin replicating themselves, meaning even more and more of these suckers are stealing Greg's nutrients. But still, the Giardia remain unsatisfied. They want to ruin other people's lives. They want to conquer more. So while most of them keep eating Greg's vegan meals, a troop of them return to the cyst phase where they can make their way through the colon and be expelled through his poop. Desperate to find another host where the whole cycle can begin again. Well, my story is actually very intertwined with that, so I asked Greg to leave out a detail of that story because we were actually doing this all for an ASAP Science video. Yeah. And we did end up stopping it after Greg got sick because we were like, obviously the results... results are not... Act, wait, because yeah. we were trying to be like, what happens to your body when you go? Yeah, and so there? what we were actually <laughs> doing is we met up with like a medical lab team that was going to test our blood, test our physiology, all these sorts of things. We met up with a nutritionist, but we talked to them and they were like, okay, this is obviously going to skew the results. We can't test your blood after you've had a parasite and they expect us to give us like reasonable answers about going vegan. Yeah, they were like, we can give you the results <laughs> of what Giardia lambia plus veganism causes, and it's like literally. So they loss were like, for now, you have to re set, go back, eat and eat, ha- go back to your regular diet, and once things have settled, it was actually we'll be the worst again. situation because we were actually essentially measuring our weight loss from going vegan, and I managed to, right at the same time, get a parasite uh-huh. that caused me and to lose weight. And for me, I actually was still going through similar symptoms. I didn't have a parasite, but at the beginning I was, it felt good, and then it felt really bad because I don't think we were eating properly. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my god, I'm halfway through and now I have to stop and restart this, like, get back into me. And I was just kind of like, 
I don't know. But in my mind, that's when I think we were like, no, this time we're getting a nutritionist because it's not worth it for us to do this wrong and feel crappy. People won't be happy about that video. Yeah. Me and Rachel made a video about going vegetarian for 30 days when you were on Big Brother, (laughs) locked away into a room away from society. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And we didn't really seek experts. And then we got roasted. The backlash. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Because it was like, they were like, you're eating. There was this weird channel that was like, every egg is the equivalent to 10 cigarettes. I'm like, that's not true. (laughs) But we ate so many eggs that, like, a lot of people were like, that's going to make you feel sad. Every egg is equivalent to 10 cigarettes. Radical vegans. Um, Either way, so we, okay, we're starting over again. It took us so long to coordinate because we had to coordinate the medical visits and the the doctor. And we brought a nutritionist and whatever. It was fun, though. It was really interesting. I feel like I learned so much. But what ended up happening, so this video was filmed, like, two years ago. And it never came out. Because, A, it took us so long to coordinate all this. We had footage that was like, we looked so different because we were younger when we had started it. I would say a lot of logistical and lazy, almost like logistical slash laziness. All these hurdles just made us more and more lazy. And then when we finally committed to finishing it, the people at the lab had like a really big falling out. So they were no longer willing to communicate with one another. So the results, we... It was, like, so much harder to communicate with them. We could only get together with one of them at a time to talk about, like, one set of the results. And then the other one had just kind of, like, gone missing. And we didn't Science know how to talk Science can to be dramatic. So half of our physiology results, we were like, okay, like... Is this video? We were like looking back at video footage, being like, "Did we ever say the number That's we weighed?" So, I think it's so cute that you're like blaming this like lab fight because it's like, yeah, but <laughs> no, also no, no. we it got was, lazy. It was totally our fault, fault, but this was such. It felt like we were in the middle of drama. Like, yeah, we reached out to them, and, and it didn't was very we like, much met, like email both of them, and it was like, yeah, and they, they were like, unfortunately, back, like, we don't speak. Yeah, <laughs> we were like, what happens in a lab? Like that's so dramatic. That well, it was a private lab, so they're entrepreneurs a little bit. Yeah, it could have just been like a business disagreement, or who knows. It's not our business, but ultimately, every now and then, I, like, flash back to the fact that we have, like, hours of footage hours. of being vegan. And, like, vlogging, like, oh, I'm downtown, have, I'm like, so hungry, detail- don't know where to eat. Yeah, we like, traumatizing experiences of having a parasite and thinking it's because you're going vegan. And then just, like, I just always, I'm like, are we going to finish this video? It's like, you know when you start something? I think yeah. this is called the Zagarnik effect, like, how once you start something, your brain is, like, compelled to yes. finish it. So for years, it's just been sitting there and, like, nagging at me that we never finished this video. But I'm like, it's too, like, we literally look like babies in this video. I now. know. Like, we can't use that footage. And I literally look sick. <laughs> like, I look, like, I honestly look like a different skeleton of oh, myself. One, the only thing I'll say to end this is I remember one cool result in the blood work is that... The doctor had told me I had the biggest drop in cholesterol he had ever seen from from going, going vegan, vegan for a yeah, month. And yeah, so, yeah. but also it was interesting because when we did um, 23andMe once, it was like red meat had the biggest impact on my weight. I don't know if they say cholesterol, but I was just yeah, like, maybe that e- is. You're like highly a, impacted by your, the food you eat. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that ultimately they had said one month really isn't enough to say that these results are I remember of that. being so competitive about the like, the um, like exercise the, parts of it. The, yeah. The, the exercise part. And, yeah. You have to like sprint and they like t- tell you your VO2 max. I, um, I was like sprinting to like puking exhaustion. <laughs> And he was like, okay, relax. Like, yeah, you like, have like, a good VO2 max, but like, <laughs> you need to chill. I wanted so bad to be considered athletic, like on camera. And then the video didn't even come out. Hey, either way, if ever this video comes out, drag us and just be like, oh my God, I really <laughs> hope it doesn't come out. If it comes out, it means that like Ace Sciences is officially run out of ideas. You're, you're going to be like, you're literally babies. We can tell this is over the course of two years, three or four years at this point. It's amazing how a project that began several years ago can still be on Greg and Mitch's mind. Honestly, it's been on my mind too. And that is the amazing power of the Zagarnik effect. It's what psychologists call a cognitive bias. And it works just like Mitch described. People are able to remember and recall unfinished tasks better than completed ones. Don't you remember? It was first discovered in 1927 by psychologist Bluma Zagarnik after she and her professor noticed that busy waiters would remember orders that had yet to be completed, but then would forget them once the orders had been served and paid for. Hey there folks, my name is Dean. I'll be your waiter this evening. After conducting her own study, Zagarnik found that participants, after performing a task, were almost twice as likely to be able to recall the task details if they had been interrupted in the middle. This suggests that incomplete tasks create mental tension, 
which keeps said task in the forefront of your memory. The only way to relieve this tension is to find closure by completely finishing up what you were doing. But you can take advantage of the Zagarnik effect. All you students out there, when you sit down to study, try taking breaks and shifting tasks every once in a while. Give me a break. Just give me a break. Your studies, left incomplete, will stick in your memory much better than if you tried studying all the way to completion. Also, if you are like me and a bit of a procrastinator, try starting the task that's in front of you. Let's get it started in here. If you don't get it done, your built-in Zagarnik effect will keep on bugging you and bugging you until you return and finish it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh there, we hope you are enjoying this episode of Side Note, and if you are enjoying it, maybe you could do us a favor. Tell a friend about it. It actually makes a huge difference to get the word out there. Also, I remember before I started listening to podcasts, not really getting how they work. So maybe help a friend out and show them how it's done. And let us know using the hashtag SideNote Podcast if you are a vegan or a vegetarian or a pescatarian, or if you're just moving into Meatless Mondays, we want to hear your stories. Okay, back to the show. Today we have a slightly different version of our typical debate. We think we're going to call this segment Deep Dive. I'm on the deep dive. Okay, that'll be our jingle. We're going to write a new jingle. And do the deep of this sign. But like why, Greg? Why are we not calling this a debate? Well, because when it comes to going vegan or being vegan, we don't really have a strong like there's I don't yeah. think either of us it's think like going Android versus Apple. Yeah, we so what we're going to do is still in the style of a debate-ish, we each kind of took on one side to research and have come here with the point. So because I think what happens is when there's controversial we want to talk about controversial subjects and we right. don't always disagree on them. And we're not always fully educated on them either. So this is a chance for us both to kind of like Greg's going to focus on the positive aspects of veganism. I looked into the negative aspects. We're going to each take we don't we aren't going to time ourselves with 2 minutes, no. but we're just going to take our time and, and then we'll have like a general deep dive discussion. And I also afterwards. think in the future too we should be open to other different types of ways of doing this part of the podcast that is like Absolutely. having interview people we can interview who are really smart about yes. certain things. Okay. Maybe we should have interviewed a vegan. Oh, true. Well, if we could plan ahead enough, maybe we give could a that. give a vegan a microphone. They won't stop talking. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Are That's a stereotype. Pro vegan. Okay. I am. So you're gonna start. We aren't gonna time you, but Greg, why don't you run us through some of the positive aspects of going vegan? Okay, I think the main one we can all understand is its impact on the environment. Because mm-hmm. I think one thing that people, if you don't know, what you should know is especially beef has a huge negligible impact on the environment. Negligible is the opposite ne- of what you neg- mean. Neg- Negative. <laughs> <laughs> a huge negative impact on right. the environment. So 
70% of our fresh water is used for agriculture currently. That You mean like 70% of the water we use? 70% of all of the fresh water oh that we God, consume. So we think about fresh water as something we put into our bodies as like the liquid water. But mm-hmm. so much of the food that we consume has water in it. Right. Plus it takes water to like essentially grow grains. Grow grains. even feed like the cattle. and Yeah, chickens. so 22,000 liters of water goes into one kilogram of beef. Wow. That's drastically high compared to almost all other fruits and vegetables. I don't know. I'm curious how much a pool has, how many liters of water. I don't even know. I just like, I'm, I can't even picture what 22,000 liters looks like. I know. Well, the, you're at home. You're making you need one liter of flour for right. your brownies. <laughs> picture 22,000 of those okay. of fresh water for one kilogram of beef. Right. So that's a very drastic number. Uh, currently, the way that we eat accounts for a quarter of all of the greenhouse gas emissions that go off. And a lot of that is coming from the industry around eating animals and we know uh like when it comes to looking at something like an apple for example a kilogram of apples it's 822 liters of water so it's much it's much lower right when it comes to uh lentils something that a lot of vegans eat it's actually quite similar to the amount of water that's necessary for uh growing one kilogram of chicken so one kilogram oh. of chicken has a similar amount of water needed than one kilogram of lentils, but one kilogram of lentils is a much hardier. It's going to fill you up a lot more. There's actually a lot more nutrients in that. It's like a densely oh. packed nutrient. I had heard something different about lentils, but I'm going to trust your stats now. What? I remember thinking lentils were one of the lowest. I, I watched a video. It was like a Vox video that was like, it's like two... It was lentils was the lowest thing on the list. But that's because lentils are high in energy. They were probably doing it by caloric uh, intake. Okay, maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, it, this is about one kilogram of each. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's just one of the most important things to realize is that people who are eating vegan, they are having a much better impact on the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we go into health, a lot of the animal products that we are eating, for especially beef, there's a really strong focus on this. Uh, if you can curb beef out of your diet or minimize beef in your diet, that's a really important thing to be thinking about because a, like a lot of uh, essentially type 2 diabetes, like heart disease comes from eating animal products, specifically red meat is a huge like issue. And we, we've been hearing about this for a long period of time. And so I think that that's just something to remember that it's also healthier for you to curb the amount of red meat that you are eating. Okay. Um, this is a weird one that it makes you smell better. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is just like that. They like found your like, skin? Yeah, like sweatpants samples from women and men when they ate more fruits and vegetables. They like essentially ha- like gave off like in studies like when people smelled them, they said they smelled better. And they said that their skin looked better, which they actually think comes from, like, a higher input huh. uh, input of, like, okay. carotenoids. <laughs> How do you say Carotenoids? How would you say that? Like that, yeah. Yeah, what, carotenoids? Carotenoids, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the animal ethics aspect of it all, which I think right. is something that a lot of – it's the main reason why a lot of people go vegan. There's a huge emotional – what? I'm just moving your leg, sorry. Oh, you, like, pushed my leg. Yeah, I, was, so I thought like, you were, like, kind of, like, if don't talk about – If this the table, you're, like, it's Oh, I thought sorry. you were, like, don't talk about animal ethics. I was, like, wait, <laughs> no. well, that's, like, the main part. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Um, So I think that this is really important because I think, for me, I have a lot, a lot more of an attachment to going vegan for whatever reason, for, like, the environmental Same, impact. Same, yeah. But it, this is so – it's a big part of why a lot of people choose to go vegetarian or vegan. And whenever I, like, see cows and, like, now that I have a <laughs> They're pet. They're so cute. Like, I've never had a dog before. And now that I have a dog, I I don't know. I can't believe. I, I feel like, oh, I don't know. It's just really hard because why, what is the difference between my relationship with Ernie, our dog, and these animals that are so adorable? And pigs are smarter mm-hmm. than Dogs, and that brings me to this like point from the book that we read. Homo, you can chime in at any time too. Like, I want this deep dive to be like. No, we're gonna chat more after. You're gonna talk. You're giving your points. Okay, okay, okay. Um, The book that we read, Homo Deus, had this really interesting point when, which is essentially that pigs are very intelligent, and the way that their brains work, that when they are taken from their moms in whatever process of the food industry, they know, like, that mom can understand the squealing of their pigs and all these awful things happening and that at a point, like, human society decided that that was okay because they are inferior to us. Like, we are humans, we are the superior animal, and therefore putting these animals in these situations to eat them is literally morally okay and their argument in this book is that in the future ai is going to take over and we are going to become inferior to them intellectually and what is literally going to stop them (laughs) 
from deciding to farm us essentially because we did that exact thing to pigs, which is sort of like a very like uh, intellectual way of like contextualizing this, but it's kind of freaky and it is true. Mm-hmm. What is stopping someone from doing yeah, that? It's to easy us to if say we can it's do no it to another animal. You're on top, yeah, but yeah. When it's like when suddenly you're not the top dog anymore. You're like, oh no, this is actually actually awful. It's really bad for us, even though we can't experience the world that you are AI. But... Exactly, <laughs> which I think is a really va- valid argument as to why going vegan or not eating animals is. It's like everyone who goes vegan is actually given a free pass when AI takes over and you won't yeah, be, your or energy least, won't be sucked by AI. Yeah, yeah, maybe AI will like literally be like, what did you like, do in the yeah, past? Yeah. Like, oh, I was a vegan, like, morally, okay. yeah. We will let you live a natural life. And I think- You'll th- be a free range human. A free range human. <laughs> I think that that's really like an important thing uh, to talk about. And I think also when it comes like to fishing, for example, like when we actually see about how- when you start to learn how they actually fish and the way how much waste there is in all aspects of these industries going vegan in my opinion it's better for the environment it's we can get into the health aspects there's positive health aspects because in our western society it is obesity it is red meat it is heart disease that's killing us so vegan diets are going to curb that a little bit better like potentially if you're doing it properly and then I think there's just like the moral aspect, which is that we are killing animals. And I don't understand how as humans we can continue to morally say that's OK, especially me personally as a dog owner. OK. I I, so I'm sorry. I didn't really like go into that totally in the same way as that like debate thing. Yeah. yeah we're trying. We're trying this out. Time. Um, it's fine. No. OK. No, I'm, I wanted to talk more openly. But... I thought now I'll do the cons and then we're going to talk. Openly, OK. But okay. I just not that it was going to be a hard two minutes. OK. Uh, whoops, I guess we should have time. You know I'm a talker. Yeah, you know Greg can never get his points out in the two minutes anyway, so here we are. Oh, my God. <laughs> Drag me. Well, I don't know. What should I do? I need it. I no, guess it's too late. Okay. I never I'm did debate club. Some... Okay, doesn't matter. This ah. is not a debate. It's a deep dive, but I'm going to tell you some of the cons now of going vegan. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through three main aspects. Uh-huh. Number one is nutritional deficiencies. So when people go vegan, often they end up causing you know issues in their own bodies and that some people may argue that's because they're not doing it right they're not focusing hard enough they're just cutting things out of their diet but that's an important thing i think to bring up is that a lot of people who do go vegan aren't necessarily planning for it in the way that would be right for their body so there's major deficiencies especially in something like protein which can lead to a weakened immune system a loss of bone and muscle density and what they find is that the protein sources even though there are many alternative protein sources in in vegetables, they tend to be lower in quality, which means they're harder for your body to digest. They're not absorbed as well. Um, And then even things like nuts and soy, which I love eating nuts, uh, but in high amounts, they actually contain something called um, polyunsaturated fatty acids or PUFAs. I'm like, is that homophobic? Um, Wow, my God, a PUFA, that's, (laughs) what do you mean, that's a good name for aga? Yeah, aga sal. But those have been associated with inflammatory diseases like heart disease, diabetes, asthma, and cancer. So that's not to say that they cause those, but if you're supplementing all your protein sources with something like nuts or soy, it's worth understanding that ahead of getting in there. Um, as a result, because of nutrition, uh, nutritional deficiencies, vegans often have to use supplements. Um, and oftentimes, vegans will become, after a few months of doing it, like much more lethargic. They might not feel good about it. Which some we taught, which we didn't yeah, notice. Yeah, we experienced. And some people have to when stop When I didn't have a vegan. parasite, when I had... Right. When the, I got rid of my version. parasite and was just a vegan. But yeah, some vegans end up... Uh, like being recommended by their doctor to stop or at least in- reintroduce some higher sources of protein and-, and vitamins. So that's point one. This all leads to my second point, which is tied to mental health. So a lot of these nutrient deficiencies can lead to specific mood disorders. So something like B12, which you're probably getting less of if you're a vegan. That's mainly in beef. Yeah. And Meat. I mean, you, like like I said, you can supplement, but oftentimes they say like supplements, even like vitamin D, you can only really get it from the sun, even though you can take a supplement. Yeah. It doesn't you can help get vitamin the same v- way. B12 from some vegan foods, but yeah. it's just like predominantly. Because yeah. If you're eating beef yeah. all, regularly, it's much easier. And so that's associated with the neurotransmitter serotonin, which ultimately affects we love. the mood. Yeah, Ooh, we yeah. love it. It makes us feel good. So if you don't have it, it can impact mood disorders. Uh, things like folate deficiencies, which studies have found some vegans are up to 25 percent 
uh, have 25% less folate in their bodies than like the average healthy human um, can lead to depressive symptoms. Amino acid deficiencies are a problem with mood disorders. Because you've got as amino well. acids from protein. Exactly. Yeah. And then omega 3 fatty acids help maintain your uh, cell membrane health, which can affect learning and memory deficits. So ultimately, if you're not highly aware of the different nutrients, once you go vegan, you have to be really aware of these things if you're going to commit to it. Then finally, we'll talk about the environmental issues. So no argument that going vegan has a really positive net positive impact on the environment. I think that's why a lot of people do it. But as a result of this trendy market growing, it's actually having a pretty specific impact. impact. Yeah. I wouldn't say worldwide, but two examples are things like avocados and quinoas have become incredibly popular over the last however many years that yeah. the trend of being a vegetarian and veganism has picked up. And as a result, a lot of countries who are making these products now cannot even domestically afford them. Afford yeah. them. So places like a kilogram of avocados, the equivalent uh, pricing in Mexico is that of a daily wage for a Mexican worker. Um, places like Kenya have stopped the exports of avocados because it's just too much. And Australia is also rationing it as well. So it's putting these new a trends. A strain on a new, strains. yeah, because and which, of. And off, I know I mentioned Australia, but often these strains like are impacting countries that are already being taken advantage of because they have the perfect climates for all these fruits and vegetables that yeah. we love. They're exotic. They're exciting. In the winter, we can't have them. Uh, and so it's nice for us to get them in. But yeah. It's, but that's an important thing to realize. It's like, of course, when the if the world were decided to go fully vegan right now, there's going to be strains on obviously right. parts of the way that any the industry that has to, but when yeah. you think about how much deforestation is happening in the mm -hmm. Amazon to grow cattle there, how even places uh, like East Asia, which are now starting to eat a lot more red meat, that red meat has to come from mm -hmm. somewhere. A lot of, when we were in Japan, a lot of the red meat we were eating was coming from North America being shipped there. Right. The beef that they would eat locally was called Kobe beef. It's really expensive. Yep. A small island, they can't produce the beef. Right, the beef's made the in America, made in South America, and that is just such a strain on the environment. And, I mean, we talked about it earlier in this episode when it comes to the warming, the heat waves of the ocean, the heat wave. Like, we are in a climate change disaster currently, and the way that we eat needs to change. But you're right, we can't just expect that it's all good if you go vegan things like avocados right. and quinoa and just being aware yeah i think it's important that there's not the sort of like holier than thou i personally i i respect vegans and i'm like wow that's i wasn't able to keep it up i think it's an amazing uh journey and like self-control and consciousness that like they're thinking about these things but i do think there's still those aspects of being aware like it doesn't mean you're worse because oh suddenly you're putting all this pressure on another industry but yeah. just knowing that it's not like I, how do we mitigate those risks yeah. as well well it and, brings up you bring up an interesting point which i do think what it i it bothers me when people make fun of vegans or too. use it's like the butt of the joke. Yeah. There's and so many. It's actually like talking like, about vegans is so controversial. Well, it's like, so weird because it, it is. But it, I, I think I was in that place like maybe five, ten years yeah, ago. Yeah. Would have yeah. made those jokes like, oh, they're vegan. But now it's like, wait, why? Why are we making fun of that? Well, I, there's a socioeconomic issue, I think, is why sometimes it feels like you're mm, punching up when you make fun of vegans. Right. Because it's sort of like that first world problems yep. thing. Like. People in order to have, have the economic ability to choose how you're going, even us, we are in a very, like, we are so wealthy when it comes to the fact that we have a successful YouTube channel that even we found it hard to be vegan because of the fact that you needed to have a little bit more time into and, yeah, it. Yeah, and, and money. You and, needed yeah. to have the money. There were yeah. times where we were like, we're spending so much money like, on why this. Why would I spend that much money on The option for me at this like restaurant is so much now. more expensive than the, yeah. the meat the option, meat for option, example. Yeah. And I think that that is why people think it's they can easily make fun of vegans. I also think it's like a vulnerability thing. They feel attacked. Like chain. Yeah, like yeah. they're the bad ones, so you like throw yeah. it back at somebody and when else. They make, when people make fun of how vegans have to talk about it all the time, being vegan made me really empathize with that because right. it's a discussion. You always are talking about how you're going to hang out with friends at a restaurant, for mm -hmm, example. Mm -hmm. Like you need to bring up that this is your lifestyle and diet choice all the time because it actually factors into so much more of your life than you realize. And it's yeah. embarrassing. And maybe that you have vegan friends who are not maybe approaching it with and making you feel bad about it. But if they're just talking about yeah, it a lot, it might be because hard. it's a huge impact. And it's a huge part of their life. Yeah. Like, and it does remind you, you that you're doing... You can't have a snack without being aware of where it came from, what's in it, what the ingredients are. And that might seem pretentious when someone's like, oh, pass me the chip bag so I can read every ingredient. 
But when we were doing the vegan it's test, it's like we actually did that. And we, as a result, everyone around us knew we were doing vegan. Yeah. And it was like we were always talking about And if about you're, it. I think we're, we're getting towards what I think our end of this is going to be, which is about a balance, which sometimes the hardest part about being vegan was saying no to something that's actually quite good for the environment that doesn't have any animal products in it but has like a bit of gelatin for example Mm -hmm. or like when you're really becoming so strict that it's causing you to stop eating something convenient that's when it it gets really challenging yeah okay i want to add one last point and you also just made me think of another thing so two things one uh looking between diets like the environmental impact uh vegan diet is relatively similar it's better but not by a lot as being a vegetarian, which is also just a little bit better than the Mediterranean diet in terms of environmental impact versus like meat eating completely is like a huge impact on what the What do you mean meat eating completely? So like people, not not like only eating meat. But, like a Western but diet. In studies, yeah, a Western diet. Like in studies potatoes. they've said like the Mediterranean diet actually is not that far yeah, off yeah. of the environmental impact that uh, vegan diet or vegetarian diet has. So for me, I think an important thing to remember, and we talk about this a lot, is like, Maybe we shouldn't always be harping on people to stop eating meat, but we can focus on like, hey, reducing the amounts of meat you eat, thinking consciously about the kinds of meat you're buying, how often every week you're having them is maybe a more important discussion to have because it's really hard for people. It's like so culturally ingrained to have meat in people's diets that if you just say like, no, you need to literally cut it out of every meal. People don't even know where to start. What do you cook, you know? It might be the way that we have this, like, seep into culture a little bit more easily. Then it's almost like cutting anything cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Like, how do... <laughs> cold no, turkey. Uh-huh. Turkey. Don't eat turkey. <laughs> but how do you get... Allow this to become progressively better in a more easy way? Because even we are environmentally conscious people who are not vegan. Right. But have made a decision since being vegan. It was a great thing to try. It mm-hmm. helps you become really conscious of what you're eating. I know that we eat ever since that experience way less meat. Yeah, we almost almost never cook meat at home. I say we cook fish at home pretty yes. regularly. Which is still a, has and a huge impact on the maybe every now and then chicken, but um, I don't think we've cooked beef ever in, years, in the last yeah. two years at least. Um, just the one other thing I wanted to bring up that has always kind of gotten to me is that vegans won't eat honey. And I know oh, I, the, I, because the, I yeah. love honey so much. And my argument was always like, well, first of all, the bees are like, they're free to go wherever. all plants yeah, too. Also, exactly. Bees, those same bees are being used to fertilize probably like 70 to 80% of the vegetables you have in the grocery store. So if you're not willing to have honey, you maybe should also be considering all those plants those, those bees are pollinating, which is like yeah. basically all the food we're eating. Yeah. So it is kind of like a weird... Th- it's arbitrary in some cases. Yes. I think for me, vegetarianism was much easier to understand because on the surface you can know immediately is that vegetarian or not. Whereas vegan, you really have to look at every label, which I think is a huge barrier for a lot of people. And knowing that the environmental impact is not that much different, although I know some people. But the dairy about, industry is, yeah, if you're thinking about animal cruelty right. and you're yeah. thinking about even the environmental impact, the dairy industry is. Mm-hmm. is you know what I mean? Like if you're it's, looking it's at it massive, from that. It's massive. It's insane. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I think it's obviously so complicated. It's why it's yeah. like a hard discussion to have. Your milk carton usually depicts a black and white cow frolicking in open fields in a quaint farm. <coughs> but in most cases, that's just not how it works. For starters, the world eats a lot of dairy. In America, economists crunched the numbers collected by the U.S. Department of Agriculture and found that in a single year, the average American consumed 630 pounds of milk, yogurt, and cheese. What? To meet those insane production demands, most milk in the U.S. comes from mega dairies some with as many as 15,000 cows, and these dairy cows are subjected to continual impregnation. Similar to humans, and if you are like me and you have breasts, we're not making milk 24-7. It's only after we had a baby that we start lactating. So dairy cows are the same, and because of this, they are continually artificially impregnated, give birth, 
and then they have their calves separated from them within the first 24 hours. Most of these calves are usually killed a week later. The continual pregnancies and separation coupled with other animal welfare problems means dairy cows only live about six to seven years, whereas generally cows live 20 to 25 years. On top of this, dairy contributes to similar environmental issues as beef cattle. In Australia, for example, livestock farming accounts for 10 to 16 percent of greenhouse gas emissions, with dairy farms contributing 19% of that. Also, these high concentrations of cows means a lot of manure, which often runs off into the watershed, polluting the groundwater with nitrogen, which can lead to increases in toxic algal blooms. According to the EPA, a 2,000 cow dairy generates more than 240,000 pounds of manure daily, or nearly 90 million pounds a year of shit. The USDA estimates that the manure from 200 milking cows produces as much nitrogen as sewage from a 5,000 to 10,000 person community. All this to say that dairy has some serious ethic problems, as well as environmental ones. One thing I'd say about that honey thing is that I find sometimes I see people, it's an, it is a great point towards vegans, but the way that I think about even, there are radical vegans, they, they literally attacked us for our vegetarian <laughs> video. I've seen them out there, but they kind of... It, when I think about the world, I'm like, I don't need to go after and make fun of oh, radical I vegans because yeah. I'm like, they're at least they're not, they're being trying to do vegan. something yeah. significant. And yeah. there's something about getting comfy and making fun of them and like going back to our really heavy meat eating diets that I'm like, no, that is actually the issue. Yeah, I we agree. eat way too much meat. We don't need to be eating this much meat. Mm -hmm. We live in an industry where agriculture has really become an issue that I think it is something that we could curb. That I think that honey thing is interesting and it's like kind of funny and it's true. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it's mostly just because I love honey, but yeah. I agree. At the end of the day, a if vegan's you're going vegan, not I the respect person. You. Yeah, a vegan's not the person that Regardless. I want to gear my negative yes. energy towards. Like, there's why not the freaking oil companies? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, am I really going to spend all this energy to attack someone who's trying to do something positive yeah. for the environment, for animals? And even if they're talking about it a humans. lot, I just like will always have like props to vegans that I just like. And I think I it's like, overplayed. It's more like people talk about talk vegans talking about it a lot more than they yeah. actually talk about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's become one of those tropes that you're like, okay, like this joke is kind of old now. Yeah. Because pe they don't. Yeah. Like there's many vegans who just like live their lives and eat their food and don't try yeah. and rub it in people's faces so so i guess to speak from a personal place all we can say maybe we can do another episode where we actually have like people who are vegan yeah on, or like experts have, who can come in yeah and talk going to a this. more of a deep dive like mm -hmm. this could be maybe our first vegan episode mm -hmm. but i think what we have learned to do is to try and eat less meat to be conscious of what we are eating. We still do eat beef, but mm -hmm. we won't like I honestly it's primarily get for gross. after watching Okja, like watch Okja <laughs> on Netflix, like that, like it's like I watched Okja while we, we were vegan. I was like, thank goodness, because it was like a very emotional movie. But I can't I honestly just can't buy raw beef or pork anymore. Like it just looks it makes mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's an emotional reaction that I have to it now. Like it reminds me of like blood and like Yeah, it, for me for me there's I don't really have an attachment to the cuteness because I'm like when I was traveling a world came across, you know, certain cultures that would eat dog and that didn't bother me because I was like, why should I value I value my dogs, the ones that I've had in my life, but I can't judge another culture because food is food and I eat all yeah. sorts of meat. Yeah. Uh, so for me, that's never been a compelling argument. But to me, once I started learning about the environmental mm -hmm. impact is when I was like, Yeah, you know what? I don't. I, I think this might be a thing in the future. Kind of like we look back at people smoking, we're like, how to do it? Or we look back and see really cultural movements that were like negative in the past that we judge. I do think in the future, people might look back and be like, why didn't people care enough to change What, what do you anything? think would be the main thing, like fast food industry maybe? When you think about health and environmental impact, that's something that could yeah, be. I don't know where, what, where that anger will be pointed towards. I think it'll just be like looking at, there's many smart people. I think in 100 years, they make go like, why were the smart people like who knew about this not changing. 
Like, I don't oh, know that's why. that's such a bigger argument. Yeah, that's such it a It might not, but yeah. I just have this feeling, like, they'll look back and be like, wow, like, we've created a world now where, like, it's fully sustainable. We're not having, like, crazy negative impact. Maybe at that point they can't. You're such I an optimist. I, I, I love that you're so optimistic. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, in like the world's going to be that. <laughs> yeah, no, I honestly, I totally disagree. I think, yeah, I think there's so many other factors. I don't know what they are. Like, it's so easy to blame capitalism for everything. I think that's, like, the go-to right now, especially, mm-hmm. that I don't know what the other options are, but... Yeah, it's like when I think about 100 years from now, I hope that we look back and think, well, we curbed that issue, that agricultural well, issue. I think when the fish run out and when we can't support Could the farm, population farm anymore. Fish. Yeah, I just think, I don't know. I think the ideal end point for all of these initiatives, even like it's like we got to get to the point where we can make meat sustainably in a way that is actually not harmful to the environment and is... Uh, respectful of animals, living creatures, oh and things God. like that. But I think we might get there one day. Yeah, and mix that with like reduced consumption. But I don't know. I I don't know. It's so hard. That's why this is a very tough thing yeah. to talk about, and it's why I actually want to do more. I want to do more episodes of being vegan and get some other perspectives in here because I think we could talk about this endlessly. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people have very strong opinions on this because it's about the food we put into our bodies, which is a big part of all of our days. Mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about my next meal. That's why True. I'm alive. That's all I think about. <laughs> all I think about snoozing and treats and all treats right, well, and snoozing. I, I want to know what everyone else thinks. How many of you out there are vegans? How many of you out there feel some unexplainable negative emotions toward vegans? If so, why? Let's talk about it. Hashtag side note podcast. Let us know what you think if you've ever tried to go vegan or if you are or vegetarian or anything like that. Um, you can also tweet us at Mitchell Moffat and at Whale Watch Me PLZ. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. What else, Craig? Oh my gosh. You're just like staring at me. Oh no, I know. I'm just gazing into your eyes. I also realize that we're filming these for the podcast. Yeah, I, I look at the toward... camera. Greg just stares at me. Okay, the whole Mitch time. is such a good YouTuber and he's good at <laughs> vlogging, as we know. And he's looking at the camera. I'm literally just looking at him longingly. And I'm like, he hasn't looked me in the eyes this whole time. <laughs> I'm like, Why? There's other people oh, in the room, yeah. Gregory, there's... and they're in the oh camera. My gosh. <laughs> and One the day I will, get, I will figure this world out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Ashram, ashram. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.